0: Well, I do. I do want to uh, thank the church for the invitation, uh, and uh, I've always heard good things about West Griffin Baptist Church. And uh, of course, uh, some of the conferences that have gone on here before in years gone by, and uh, I've uh, definitely was uh, thankful and excited to get the invitation to come here this year. I thank y'all for the for the uh, hospitality that's already been shown to us, for the rooms, the gift basket, and just uh, it's been good this morning. Uh, It's been a long time since I've been invited to a conference when I looked at the program and I saw these brothers' names and uh, I hadn't met any of them. And uh, you know, that hadn't happened to me since I was young. And that's uh, exciting and encouraging, you know. Because sometimes, sometimes we get off uh, uh, and 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 kind of working, serving the Lord, and we wonder if there's anybody else. And uh, so I'm excited to meet new brothers. And um, you know, y'all you have uh, preached some good messages this morning, and uh, we've heard some good singing, and we're thankful to be here. I'm glad that my two o- oldest. Uh, children are able to be with me. My wife and uh, youngest uh, weren't able to make it, but they they send their greetings to you all. and I do bring you greetings from Sovereign Grace Baptist Church in Hortense. Uh, we're very close to Brunswick. Uh, and uh, so if y'all are ever that direction, I know I know you can get there from here because I just got here. But I also know because Brother Bobby, he's been to, he's been to our church a few times since I've been pastor there, and and uh, and and some of y'all have been there in years past, and and um, and certainly uh, some of y'all have been there too since I've been there, and uh, we're just we're just glad in the uh, in the church. You know, some of y'all know Brother Barry Smith and uh, Sister Faye Moore, and just all those folks over there. They send their Greetings as well to the church here. We do appreciate our sister churches and we appreciate this one as well. If you have your Bibles, I would invite you to go to the book of Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17 and uh, the theme being... Uh, preaching the Gospel in the days of apostasy, and uh, I just uh, was praying about what to preach and thinking about the theme and what a great theme it is and uh and certainly when there's not assigned subjects, you know that fear does enter into the back of your head. you know what if what if these other brothers preach my sermon before I get up here and so I had a backup, uh, but praise the Lord, I didn't have to use the backup. The Lord set those messages in order, and I didn't really have anything to worry about. But in Acts chapter 17, this is the text that came to my mind as I thought about preaching the gospel in the days of apostasy. Truly, I think we have a lot of parallels in the days in which we live when we think about Paul being where he was there in Athens. Now, that's offensive to some people. There was a time when this country was a lot like perhaps maybe when when Peter was preaching to the Jews of Jerusalem, insomuch that people had an idea in this country about the things of God. That when you met people on the street, they knew something of the Bible. They knew something about the the things of God. They'd been raised in church. They had known the stories of the scriptures, the story of the creation or Noah and the ark, They knew something about Adam and Eve. They knew something about Jesus on the cross. They'd heard those things since the time they were small. But times have changed. Indeed, this is not the same country that you and I grew up in. Very swiftly, things have changed. Very swiftly, things have happened. And it's terrifying to think because we still have what looks on the outside an embarrassment of riches. We have churches by name, many of them, all over the place. We have Radio stations, Christian radio stations that broadcast all over the place. There's seminaries and schools that, that profess to teach the things of God. There's Bibles. You can get a Bible just about anywhere. If you're in Lexington, South Carolina, you can go to the market. and He'll, he'll give you one. Our brother will give you one. But if you're not there, you can go to... You can go to Walmart, the dollar store, you can get one on your cell phone for free or very very little cost. And yet people are very very similar very very ignorant of the things of God in this in this country. Acts chapter 17, I want to begin reading at verse 16. And we'll kind of work our way through the text for the next few minutes. Verse 16, it says, Now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. By the way, the title of my sermon, I don't think I gave it, but the title of my sermon is Mars Hill Preaching Today. Mars Hill Preaching Today. It's kind of set the stage here on verse 16. Silas and Timothy had stayed at Berea while Paul went on to Athens. He could have passed the time admiring the culture. He could have spent his time looking at the beautiful buildings. He could have spent some time resting. But he didn't. The Bible says that while he waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred. That word there, I believe, is... Something like provoked in him. When he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. He was stirred with grief. That a city such as Athens. Considered to be the intellectual and religious center of the ancient world. A city that boasted of its knowledge and wisdom. Would be so ignorant of the true God. You and I. I believe that even if we've never been to a place like Athens. Overseas. Athens has come here. And it ought to grieve our hearts. We ought to be provoked to be stirred up. In our spirit. To think about. What's happened and where we're at today. In this age of information, this place that was supposed to be and said to be a, a, a city set on a hill, place that once it was a place that sent missionaries out to the world. And now is in need of missionaries to come in. And Brother Paul was stirred by a holy zeal and a desire to instruct the inhabitants of Athens in biblical truth. He was stirred by a great desire to share the gospel with as many as he could there. I believe this stirring involved a lot of emotions. You know, it's okay for us to be emotional as people of God. When I think about what Paul, as he waited there and his spirit being stirred within him, I think about... The grief he must have felt. I think about the the zeal and the desire. But I think about maybe the anger too. The sight of the false religion and the idolatry that he saw. To many, Greece and Athens was an exciting place to be. Indeed, is it not such here? Athens was the center of philosophy, art, and culture. Is it not the same here? But Paul was neither excited nor was he intimidated. He was stirred up. And, beloved, this is where we need to be. I believe Paul saw things the way that God sees them. And we need, we need to be preachers like that today. We need more men like that today. In this age of apostasy, and I liked our brother's definition, apostasy, a forsaking of the truth, that's really what that is. We are living in an increasingly pagan world. The world is not much different from the world Paul found in Athens. Do you realize 50, 60, 100 years ago, even the so-called churches they were at least living some moral lives and teaching people some truths of God's word. But now, they've gone so far off, there's no difference between them and the world. And even some Baptist churches have gone that way. Before a man can ever be a preacher, before he can ever be a pastor, He's got to be a Christian. He's got to be saved. And I, I believe that's a big part of the problem. And these churches, they're being filled with people who are lost and being, and they're, they're hearing messages from people who have never known the Lord. And that's why there's no difference. Verse 17. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Therefore, because of this stirring within, I wonder sometimes if he even planned to do this work until, until he was united again with Silas and Timothy, but he just couldn't wait. He was stirred up so much so he, he 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 disputed with the Jews in the synagogues and with the devout persons i believe that's the god-fearing gentiles and in the market daily and when we talk about preaching the gospel in the days of apostasy this is the key i know some guys who say i won't preach anywhere except for in a Sovereign Grace, Landmark, Missionary Baptist Church. That's wrong. We've got to get the message out to other places. And among people who are different than us. If we don't, we're going to wither up and die. We're going to wither up and die. I'm convinced that it's not just the preacher's job either. You go through the book of Acts, and you'll find that the whole church was involved. And and I I would encourage, I would encourage every pastor in this room, if you've never preached through the book of Acts, do it. And if you haven't done it in a long while, do it again and every every person in this room every believer in this room you ought to be reading through your bible anyway but 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 if you if you don't know where to start go ahead and start in the book of acts uh, i mean start start there um, since 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 i'm preaching this message and i'm not going to be able to finish it anyway um, <laughs> um, but uh, but read through your Bible preach through your bibles that's what people need that's what people need but um but i'm convinced when a person says they never have opportunity to share the bible with someone else they're just not stirred up enough when there aren't any opportunities where you're at go find them go find them so while i can't knock on doors anymore go to the flea market i mean there's all kinds of places paul did that he could be found in a synagogue with the Jews on the Sabbath, and the rest of the time, he was elsewhere. He was with the religious Gentiles. He was in the marketplace. And you know what? Athens wasn't the only place he did this. He did this in every place he was at with anyone who would meet with him. The Bible says he disputed with them. He entered in into reasoned discourse with them. Excuse me. He there in verse uh, verse seventeen says he disputed in the synagogue. Well, that that word dispute, I believe, that's reasoned discourse, preaching Christ and Him crucified. Verse eighteen. Then certain philosophers and the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him, and some said, "What will this babbler say?" Other some, he seemeth to be a setter forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus in the resurrection. That's what folks need. You see, his message, his message was at the very center of it, was Jesus. At the very center of it was Jesus on the cross, the resurrection. You see, the gospel message Look around you, folks. As you go around places, as you enter into the, to the markets, the dollar store, the, the Walmart, uh, the places that you go, listen to what people are talking about. Hear their words. See their idolatry. Be stirred up about it. Take action. God did not save you place you in a church, and give you a man to pre- preach every week so that you can just warm the bench. You've got people in your circle that the preacher may never meet. People in your family, people in your uh, in, 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 in your neighborhood, people at your, at your grocery store, whatever it may be. The only Christian they may ever meet is you. Tell them of Christ. Tell them of Christ. They called him a babbler. (laughs) That word babbler is kind of an insulting term. Be ready to be called names. And worse, Denotes a seed gatherer, one who picks up and retails scraps of knowledge without sense or aim, an idle prater. Um, he, he wasn't as refined as the philosophers. They say, Well, you're just a seed gatherer. You're not like us. That's okay. That's okay. We're not like the world. But we've got a better message than the world. And that didn't stop Paul. He wasn't a stoic or an Epicurean. He was a Baptist preacher. He was a missionary. He was a, to them a setter forth of strange gods because he preached to them Jesus in the resurrection. And what they didn't realize at that time, that was the most important message that they'd ever heard. And he was the he was the man, the most important man who'd ever stepped foot in their neighborhood don't be discouraged when at first people call you names laugh at you mock you or whatever verse 19 and they took him brought him unto Areopagus, saying may we know what this new doctrine is whereof thou speakest is for thou brought bringest certain strange things to our ears, we would know, therefore, what these things mean. For all the Athenians and strangers which were there spent their time in nothing else but to tell, but either to tell or to hear some new thing. The Athenians had questions for Paul, so they took him to Mars Hill. This was the place where they went to court. I don't believe they were putting him on trial per se, but this was the place where they could take him where it was quiet. They could get away from the, 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 maybe some of the other things that were happening in the area. So they brought him over there so that they could hear what he had to say. But whatever the case is, I want to bring this over to our world for a moment. the fact is that in our world, we live in an age too where people oftentimes spend their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. If you don't believe me, spend some time on YouTube. But don't spend very much time there because you'll go down some really bad rabbit trails. There are some strange things out there on the Internet. And let me just say this. Very quickly, a man wiser than me told me said, You know, Google is a good place for brownie recipes, directions to Grandma's house, but not a good place for Bible study. There's a lot of dangerous ideas out there, so be careful what you find on the Internet. in our world they will have questions sometimes for you your beliefs the fact that you are a christian maybe maybe you homeschool maybe you maybe you read your bible whatever maybe 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 you go to church i would hope you go to church every sunday perhaps perhaps you Don't talk like them. Whatever the case may be, your faith will be put on trial, just like Paul's was. You may not be pulled away to a special place, but your faith will be put on trial with your peers, with your teachers, with your employer, your friends, whatever it may be. And what will we do? Well, we must be ready to answer. We must be ready to answer. Brother David Pittman up in Ohio, he was, he was preaching over in Alabama not too long ago, and I heard him say in a sermon, he said, Truth without love leads no one, but love without truth leads nowhere. And I believe we ought to keep that in mind when we're dealing with people. Truth without love leads no one, but love without truth leads nowhere. We take that and we run with it. Well, Peter said it this way. In First Peter chapter 3, you can hold your place there in Acts 17. We'll try and get back there. In First Peter chapter 3, in verse 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. He said, be, always, be ready always to give an answer. That's in the Greek, apologia, where we get our word apologetics brother said a while ago every everyone is a every christian is an apologist apologetics is at its very core the logical defense of the truth of god's word what is the truth we have the truth Note well, in his dispute with those in Athens, Paul did not get into a fist fight with those folks. He didn't yell or kick or scream. He had a reasoned discourse with them. He presented his case for the resurrection of Christ. You and I can too. And that's regardless of whether it's in the school, classroom, in the courtroom. Whether it's in our own house. As you know, sometimes disagreements can come in with families. And even, I know this is hard, but even, brethren, if it's on Twitter or Facebook, we can, we can take a stand for something and not be angry about it or hateful. In Acts 17, let's look at the apostle and his message here in the last few moments I've got in his message that he gives to these folks. Acts 17, verses 22, on down to verse 26, first of all. Then then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worshipped with men's hands, though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed, in the bounds of their habitation. <clears throat> the apostle takes the issue at hand and goes straight to the God of the Bible. These were people who were totally ignorant of who he is, so he goes all the way back to creation and takes them from there to the fact that we're all descended from Adam. Can you imagine? What a different world that we would live in if people understood that. Our, our, the Word of God's under attack, not only outside the church buildings, but also sometimes from the very pulpits that are supposed to be preached. we think about the world that we live in we don't need to throw away the truth sell it out for a mess of new pottage we don't need we don't need games and gimmicks and tricks to attract the world what we need is the same thing that paul had to those people he preached god's word to an ignorant people that's what they needed and we're preaching to an ignorant people as well you know as i talk to people and I, I found it's a lot worse down here in the south than what it was up north seems like everybody i talked to has been saved uh and uh, um, and you said well how's that worse well they have no evidence of salvation but yet they say i'm saved i'm saved and um they don't want to hear the gospel. They don't want to hear about Jesus. They say, oh, I've already heard that. I was baptized in this church such and such a date when I was a kid, or, or, or I, uh, I asked Jesus into my heart or whatever. But they're ignorant of the true God of the Bible. They're ignorant of the true Christ. They're no different than those in Athens to the unknown God. Verses 27 and 28, that they, should, that, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also of his offspring. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. In the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. You see, Paul went to an ignorant people, a people who didn't know anything about the scriptures, a biblically... uh, illiterate people, if you want to think of it that way, and took them the message. He was evangelic in his message. He answered your question. Rather, he was evangelistic in his message. Get it out. He was evangelistic in his message. He took the gospel and answered question. But he knew that he needed to get them to the sovereign God of the universe and ultimately to Christ who died on the cross and risen again. And that's, what, that's the message that we need in our day as well. Preaching the gospel in the days of apostasy is a lot like Paul's preaching on Mars Hill, I believe. And regardless of what happens in our country, Regardless of the outcome, and you can read on, I've got to stop because my time is up. In Acts 17, 30, 34, we see some believed and some didn't. Regardless of what happens with our preaching, our ministries, God is the hero. America may fall. It may crumble to the core. We may preach and preach and preach, and we may see very little as far as the salvation of people. But we've got to be faithful. And I believe God will bless that. That's what He's doing in, in these days of apostasy. We just need to be to keep on, as our brother said, stick with the stuff and uh and 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 not compromise with the truth. May God add a blessing to his word.